You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. I'm going to read a, a scripture to you. It's the Good Samaritan. And this is a scripture that we've been focusing on for the last three weeks. This is week three of a four week series. And so we're going to read it, if you don't mind just remaining standing while we do that. It's in Luke chapter 10 and verse 30 says this, In reply, Jesus said, now you'll have to read verse 29 to find out what the question was, because this is in reply to a question. And uh, if, you, if you can come with your answers on a postcard next week, you get a prize. Just go and see Joel, the youth pastor. He'll give you a prize. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest, thank goodness, happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, a worshipper. When he came to the place and saw him, pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, everyone say, thank God. But a Samaritan as he travelled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. Verse 34 says, he went to him. We looked at that in week one of this series with Pastor Mark. And it goes on to say that he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey and he brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day he took out two coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these, Jesus said, which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And those around him, they happened to be experts in the law. They replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, and this is our charge for this whole series, And then Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And for the last two weeks, we've been trying to figure out how to do Jesus' final words in this passage, which is to go and do likewise. We've been exploring, don't worry, you can sit down in a minute, just hold on for a second. We've been exploring the idea of what it takes for us as disciples of Jesus to reach, help and build with others. The series is called, Why Did the Christian Cross the Road? The answer is to reach, to build and to help others. And we've been exploring how we go and do likewise. Today, if you let me preach, and only if you let me preach. And what I mean by that is revelation, right? Revelation is when God shows you something that was previously hidden, not from you because He's mean, but for you because He loves you. So when you're trying to find something that's hidden for you, it's a bit of a treasure hunt. And so when I say, let me preach, I wanna let you in on a little bit of a treasure hunt that I've had these last few weeks into verse 34. Will you come with me on the treasure hunt? If you let me do that, then I believe God wants to speak to you powerfully this morning. And you've actually got two preachers, me and Pastor Stuart here in Manchester and in Sheffield. Pastor Josh is gonna be taking over as well at some point. Today's message is called, Count Me Out. 
count me out. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the privilege of opening Your Word. And I pray that in these next few moments, You would speak to us. We give You permission by Your Holy Spirit to go there, to go there in our hearts, to go there in our lives, to to do some surgery on us so that we can be healed and whole and healthy and we can ultimately cross the road to reach, to help and to build with others in Jesus' Name. Amen. All right, you can take your seats. Thank you, Karis and team. You all right? Fantastic. In 2005, I entered a phase of my life that I had never been in before. Not just my 30s, that was unique because I hadn't been in my 30s before then. But also a time in my life where I had to get what my dad would call a proper job. Now I took a year out from education at 18 to volunteer for a year in the church. I'm still doing that volunteer year. No, I'm not volunteering. I'm still taking my year out from education is what I'm saying. And so what happened was I, um, I, was, I was the youth pastor. Zoe and I were the youth pastors at the church where we grew up. But in 2005, we planted a church. And so we entered a phase of life where we couldn't work for the church because it was so new. And so I had to get a proper job. And I found this a challenge. I realised after working for the church since I was 18 that I wasn't as employable outside of the church as I was inside the church. And this is how the process went. When you apply for a job, one of the things you do is you read the, um, you read the job description, the job spec. And so I would read these job specs and I would be like, yeah, I can do that. I would be like, yeah, no problem. I've never done that before, but I could probably have a go at that. And I'd go down the bullet points and I would, ch- I would tick them off and I would think, all right, Zoe, I'm gonna apply for this job. And she would say, well, before you do that, have a look at the person spec. So the job spec describes what the job is. The person spec describes what person they are looking for to do the job. And I would always read the job spec and go, count me in. Then I would read the person spec and go, count me out. (laughs) They'd be looking for experience in this area and confidence in this area. And I'll be like, oh gosh, what I have done with my life for the last 13 years, 12, 13 years, really is a count me out for this job. And I wanna talk to you today. I wanna preach if I can. I wanna go on a treasure hunt into verse 34 Because it says this, and we're going to call him Sam today. The Samaritan's name is Sam. Sam, as we've explored in the last two weeks, crossed over. He went to the other side. But in verse 34, it says something really unique. And if you come on a treasure hunt with me, I want to suggest that God wants to speak to you in a special way about this. just these few words in verse 34. It says, he went to him, and that was all we needed for Pastor Mark to kick the series off. In uh, two weeks ago. But then it goes on to say that he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and also wine. In the message version, the paraphrase of the Bible, it says he gave him first aid, disinfecting his and bandaging his wounds. And then he put the man on his own donkey. And I want to 
sort of ask the question, not why did the Christian cross the road, but why did the Samaritan cross the road? And I want to suggest to you that the answer to the question, why did Sam cross the road, is because he'd been this way before. There was something about Sam when he was packing his bag for this journey. Now we know this is a parable. This is a made up story. Jesus made up this story to make a point and I'm just digging for treasure in this made up story if you'll let me do that. Will you let me? And so I imagine Sam packing his bag for this journey and imagine him getting his water and he's getting his like supplies together. And then in my imagination, I saw Sam see a scar on his elbow and an old scab on his knee and go, oh yeah, I remember the last time I went down this road, I needed something that I didn't have. And so he got his bandages and he got his oil and his wine and he put it in his bag because he'd been down this road before. And the scars on his elbows and knees reminded him of a previous journey where he'd been in pain. He had scars and I wanna suggest to you, if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to help us go there today, that God wants to speak to you about your scars. This is a message about permission. Last week, Pastor Glynn preached brilliantly with that analogy of the green man and the red man. The green man, things that will help you cross over to help reach and build with others. The red man being things that will stop you from crossing over to reach, help and build with others. And I just really believe God is calling us to be a church that crosses over but I want us to take a moment to deal with a big red man. Every single one of us in this room has got scars. Some of them are physical scars, but in truth, most of them are invisible, are invisible scars. A scar represents a moment in the past of pain. It kind of reminds you of something that you went through. And so Sam was packing his bag. He looked at his elbow and was like, oh, I remember that. I don't want to be ill prepared this time. I'm going to put some oil and some wine and some bandages in my bag. And maybe he wasn't thinking about someone else. He was just thinking about himself. But we'll come to that in a moment. But I want to suggest to you that what can happen is with the scars of our past is that they become way more than a moment in time, they actually can become part of our identity. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those cop shows on TV where they're trying to, you know, someone is trying to describe the assailant. They're trying to describe the person that, that, that they're looking for and they say to them, oh, what were they like? Were they tall? Were they short? What colour hair did they have? And then they will say, did they have any distinguishable marks? tattoos or scars. And it made me think about how part of our story is made up of scars and they can become part of our identity. But if we keep going down that route, and this message is not in any way supposed to sort of make you feel condemned. If anything, I'm trying to turn the red man of your pain from the past into a green man because that's exactly what happened to Sam. 
if Sam had not been through his painful experience, he may not have had oil. I told you it was a treasure hunt. You're gonna have to go with me. I'm, I'm digging around for this. I'm twisting it to make it fit. Unashamedly, because I think there's some revelation for us to find. But Sam, if he hadn't been through what he'd been through, would never have been prepared to help the guy that had been robbed. And I just really believe what God wants to do in your life starting today is take the very things that you think disqualify you from crossing over the road to reaching and helping and building with others and let you know that that is a unique qualification for you to do it. We're turning red men into green men why did the Samaritan cross the road? Because he'd been this way before. God wants to speak to you today as you look at the scars of your past and you think, I can't go and do likewise because of what I've been through, what happened to me. This is my disqualification. This is my reason why I can't. I'm literally not good enough and the enemy has lied to you even from the distant past when that happened or let's face it, the more recent past because some of us have got some scars that are fresh. But I'm gonna, I, I, I've been praying all week. I've been running around the streets of Bolton praying this, this view, this beautiful view that not many of you get to see of this hall full of your faces. This is what I've been imagining all week. And I've been praying for you because I know you've got scars and so does God. And in a moment, Pastor Stuart's gonna come back, the band are gonna come up, the band are gonna come back and we're gonna enter a time of what we can only describe in, in our church as encounter. Is where you allow the Holy Spirit to go there in your life and take that which is possibly disqualifying you and say, you know what? I'm gonna believe that this uniquely positions me to be qualified to help reach or build with someone else. My wife, we've been married for 24 years in September. When I met her, I think I was 18, or maybe 17, younger than that. I had a ponytail, I know that. It was at that phase of my life. Call that what you will. But when I met Zoe, her father had already passed away. When Zoe was 14, her dad had cancer and it was like, it was really serious. It was really bad. And it got to the stage where they sent him home and he was in a hospital bed at home. And... Um, the girls, so Zoe has a sister called Jess, a younger sister. She would have been how old when you were 14, babe? Nine. So nine and 14 and their mum, they kind of knew from the hospital what to do and how to sort of take care of Stan. And I've never met Stan and I can't wait to meet him um, when I get to heaven. I think he's gonna sit me down and have a few words with me probably because <laughs> I couldn't ask him if I could marry his daughter, but I asked his wife instead and she said, yeah, so that's good. Um, one day the dog, Judy, pulled the curtains down in the front room. And so Sue, Zoe's mum, said to Jess, come on, we're gonna go and buy some new curtains. And they said to Zoe, all right, you stay here. You know what to do if your dad, you know, is fine type thing. And they went out 
And like tragically, while they're all out and only Zoe is home, her dad starts to like have this, I don't know, this convulsion kind of moment. He literally starts to die. And so Zoe kind of, you know, is trying to remember what to do and she sort of scrambles, you know, up the side of the hospital bed and remembers that you have to put your thumb in their mouth so they don't choke on their tongue. And so she's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And she, she put her thumb in his mouth and he like bit her thumb. And so she pulled away like that. And unfortunately, what happened in the next few minutes is that he, he died. And when I met Zoe, she had this scar on her thumb, but I never knew what it was from. And I never knew what it, you know, kind of the story behind it. And she didn't tell me straight away. She's like the opposite of me. I'd have just been going around telling the story to everybody. But after, after a while, I said, what's that scar from? And she began to tell me this story about her dad. And as you can imagine, I'm just like sobbing as she's telling me. I'm like really sad. But she's not. And I said, like, you know, perhaps, you know, and she's got a, a, a tattoo on her wrist. And I said to her, oh, you should maybe cover it up with a tattoo. And she was like, nah, I'm not doing that. And what she began to tell me and explain to me was that the scar on her thumb that could have meant, why did this happen to me? It's not fair. It could have meant the start of a journey down a path that many people go down. But actually what she showed me was that scar represents, thank God I got through this. That scar represents God has kept me. He's saved me. He's given me strength. He's given me... And my heart as a pastor... The pastor in me was like, oh, if only God could take that away from you, babe. Like if only God could remove that from your story. But what Zoe represents and her sister and her mum, who are all in church, all love God, all married to Christians with children in the house of God, what, they, what the sky represents is, is not a removal, but a redemption. And I just feel like as I've been praying for you this week, there are things in your life that you've prayed for God to remove. You've said, God, why did this have to happen? Can't, couldn't it have been someone else? Please take this away. And I know this is sensitive and I'm not trying to sort of brush over it or brush it under the carpet. I'm just saying maybe God wants to redeem that which you want to remove. If you're not with me yet, let me just show you a verse about your Saviour. Let me show you a verse about my Saviour in Revelation chapter 5. This is describing a vision of heaven and it says this, Then I saw a Lamb, capital L. So this is talking about the Lamb of God, Jesus. The Lamb that was slain. This sort of biblical picture of Jesus as an innocent Lamb that was slain on the cross, it says, then I saw a lamb, listen to these words, looking as if it had been slain, yet standing at the centre. So this lamb in this vision is not a dead lamb, because it's standing proud in the centre, but yet it has the appearance of being slain. I don't know about you, and maybe this is a bit of a treasure hunt, but I can't think of anything else that would be the appearance of being slain other than scars. So you might think your scars alienate you, 
push you out here. I'm not good enough. No one knows. But let me tell you, you're in good company because right now in heaven, if you come on this treasure hunt with me, that verse describes to me like there is a lamb in heaven. His name is Jesus and he has scars. Not only that, not only that, not only that, Isaiah 53 says this in verse five, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And listen to this, by his what? What are they? I can't think what they are. If you whip someone and they have a stripe that remains on their back, it must be a scar. I told you it was a treasure hunt, but go with me. Jesus stripes, not only does he have them, but because of them, oh my God. We're preaching now. We're preaching now, Audacious Church. Come on, Sheffield. Come on, Sheffield. Stand to your feet for a moment because not only does he have scars, but by those scars, yours are healed. I told you I was going to preach. Oh, I've got two things I could do. I'll leave one for Pastor Stuart, but I'll take this one before I go because I'm going to North. I'm sorry if you've heard me use this illustration before, but I can't, it's just so, visually it's so powerful. There's an ancient Japanese art form called Kintsuki. And coming up on screen is a picture of Kintsuki. What it is, is that they take broken pottery and instead of trying to either throw them away, like they're useless now, or cover it up by, you know, super glue and maybe repainting, what they do instead is they redeem those cracks and put gold in them. It, they actually celebrate the flaws. Now, I don't know your scars. And the very idea of celebrating that which to you is painful, I can't imagine what that feels like. What I can in my own context. But I wanna say to every single person in church today, we're going to, we're going to bring our scars, either physical or invisible, we're gonna bring them to Jesus today. We've extended the time after the, the preach bit so that every person in this room gets an opportunity to say, you know what, I have got something. There's something in my distant past and it's become sort of part of my identity. Some of you, you would say your life's been on pause since that moment. Some of you, it's more recent past, but you know right now you walk with a wince, you walk with a limp because because something happened and we're not trying to pretend that it didn't. We're not throwing this away. We're saying, yeah, it happened. But Sam crossed over the road and was able to help a guy that was half dead. He could have gone, well, if the priest isn't good enough and he's perfect, he's a leader, then like, me, look at my scars, like I definitely can't do it. If the Levite, the worshipper, the super spiritual person that reads their Bible and knows it back to front and reads it in Hebrew and Greek, if they didn't cross over, then what hope do I have? I can't help someone whose marriage is broken down when I've been divorced. 
I can't help someone who's in debt when I was in debt for 10 years. I can't help someone who was abused because I still haven't forgiven my abuser. Gosh, my heart's racing because I just understand the power of this moment. If you would just bring your scars to Jesus, and I'm not suggesting it would be quick, but I just believe that, that, that something this morning could be a catalyst that starts you on a journey of healing and restoration. And we're literally, by responding right now, I'm gonna go, responding right now, you're literally pressing the button that's currently going, red man, you can't even help yourself, let alone help someone else. And it's going, I've got a sore throat, I can't beep. Beep, (laughs) never mind, it's beeping. and it's gone from a red man. I believe, I'm saying this prophetically, if your faith can afford you just the courage to go, God will use the very thing that disqualifies you as a powerful story. to be able to bring, maybe even through a broken vessel like you, healing to someone else. Come on, Audacious Church, would you stand to your feet? I wanna invite you to close your eyes. And as Mary comes and leads us in this song, I want you to just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you for a moment. I've prayed that He will illuminate to you the thing or the things that you know have defined you for too long, they've held you back for too long. They've been your excuse, they've been your reason. But He wants to turn it around. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 